everybody. Welcome to Ghosted Stories. It's Chelsea. It's Aaron. And we're here with comedian Michelle Trina. Hi, everybody. Michelle, <laughs> thank you for coming all the way across like several boroughs to get mm-hmm. here. Thank we you appreciate for having it. me. From the yeah. Dirty Jers. Yes. All right, Michelle, let's get right into it. You have plenty of ghosted stuff to divulge um, and an interesting story to tell. But first, as always, let's do some topical shit. Mm-hmm. So Aaron discovered this BuzzFeed article. Well, I like, like as, as if you like... <laughs> Like, she, she, have you guys research. heard of BuzzFeed? Erin yeah. discovered I don't know this if you've website heard of a called BuzzFeed. But um, <laughs> it's really interesting what they do is. No, but my favorite is also that I texted this to Chelsea last night. Probably. Which do, happened you, to be my birthday. Which was her oh, birthday. wait. Happy birthday, oh, thank Caroline. You. Tell me that. Cheers. Happy Cheers. birthday. Oh Even gosh. though by the time this comes out, it's yeah. like two oh, weeks. It'll be so. your next birthday. People need to get ready. <laughs> yeah. um, but I love that I texted you in the middle of a Kesha concert and you responded immediately. <laughs> Chelsea, it's like it doesn't matter where she is she's texting oh you back God. yeah oh my the men i date don't do that and i mean like she which is yeah. why you're here which is why i'm here <laughs> i was my boyfriend surprised me with a kesha concert last night which is oh. very she i mean like i've always been a kesha fan yeah. but i just i mean she was fucking next level she's, oh she's she, on another level yeah. right now oh my god just she is such an amazing live performer and how she curated her show like the everything she kind of you know the dancers she had and like just the aesthetic she pulled together and her energy oh god you have the oh, chance love. to see Kesha live. Oh, I her, that album of hers right now is incredible. Like, uh, one of the best things I've ever listened to. She's an all time like she's a great performer. You yeah. can oh, tell. Yeah. I've watched some like no, it was a documentary on her. Or something she did on MTV with her mom about her mom and okay. her and her life. And I was, she's like she's legit. I think she, you know so talented, just like so much heart, so much character. Yeah, Kesha, if you're listening. <laughs> We and if you. you've been ghosted, come on this. Come on. Or down. even if you haven't, I mean, just come on. I'm sure we'll find something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So Aaron found this article on BuzzFeed. 15 people who got ghosted way harder than you. We'll be the judge of that. So we just thought we'd like, we'd dip our toe in a couple just as a fun little topical show. Oh, is there a writer? Because I always want to give credit. Uh, yes. Yeah, so let's let's credit the writer, the curator here. Yeah. Who was pulling all her girlfriends for the worst stories? I know. <laughs> oh. It's Susanna Cristalli. She's in BuzzFeed Brazil. Wow. And if you're ever in New York or if you want to fly, we won't fly you. But if you're invested enough in being on this podcast, come yeah. on out. Let we us can know. have you call in too. You can stay on my couch if that interests you. I have two cats that are always trying to escape. All right. <laughs> so number one, my ex pretended to have a brain tumor so he could break up with me. He said he couldn't drink beer anymore, go out, or keep up with my hippie lifestyle. On a related note, he's out drinking right now, <laughs> oh, says Carla. Hard. Oh, my God. That's rough. Have you guys it for, like, a tumor? Yeah. Have you ever had that big of a lie been told to you, Michelle? I actually had. No. I don't know if it was a lie. I never caught him in it, but, and this is a guy. <laughs> but you know, you know in your gut when someone's you lying know to you. Yeah, I don't, well, I mean, he probably wasn't lying, but he asked me to go for lunch, right, like, at 1030 at night. The mm-hmm. next day, let's go for lunch. Okay. The next day comes around at 1.30 rolls around. That's when we're supposed to go. I texted him like, hey, are we still going for lunch? And he texted me back 20 minutes later, huh. which I think is a little long, but okay. 20 minutes later, he said, I totally forgot. I'm at Sloan Kettering. Yep. With my mom for her annual checkup. And so at this point, I'm oh. like, I don't know what to say because you just asked me at 1030 at night, you know, to go to lunch with right. you. And if you realize that, you know, your mom had an appointment, wouldn't you at least text me back the next morning? So he she right. remembered on she, your way to the right. appointment. Yeah. Or did he just forget that he was at like, was he just like, oh, shit, I forgot I was at Sloan Kettering and then forgot at, while being here. It slipped my mind. And then I again remembered I was here. Right. Like, I how think, forgetful is this guy? 
very because the path that's that started the path and i was trying to ignore it but i couldn't actually believe that he forgot that he that's you at 11 like oh i totally forgot it's my mom's annual because right. you're not going to be like no come to lunch with me instead of taking your mother to the hospital no. you're like yeah like, that seems more important. right but i, I kind of feel like guys try to do that too like well what are you gonna say because you can't say anything negative because i'm at sloan kettering with my mom who had uh, what is that? It was a bad kind of cancer. Oh, <laughs> not no. that they're all not bad, but um, <laughs> the uh, really the worst of the worst. It wasn't ovarian. It was oh. something bad. But she was in her, she's in recovery, and like it was a three year checkup. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he forgot, which I thought was really odd. That's very and strange. I really couldn't say anything negative, but all right. I mean, but that's you definitely- can't say something negative because you're like you being there is not the problem. You not telling me ahead of time. I is said the that problem. right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Now I'll read one. So one time I went out to dinner with a guy who I was just getting to know. We just ordered and we were chatting and he said he had to go to the pharmacy real quick in the middle of dinner. Uh, It was right next to the restaurant and he said he forget to go if we waited until later. And I said, okay, he left and he never came back. I replayed that night over and over in my head for months thinking is what I had said, done, etc. About six months later, I found out that he was married to a woman and that his wife had been following him. And when, and that when he went on date, she ended up tracking him down. And there I was thinking, he left because of all the food I ordered. Oh, oh my oh God. Oh, no. That's horrible. Oh, no. It's like, can you uh, imagine? She probably though, was like, ghosted harder than most people. I mean, that's show. the I'll hardest, that. most harsh ghosting. Because you're, then you're just there like, I've ordered all this food. Now I eat all this food. Now I just go home alone. I mean, no. you get all the food for yourself so that's nice wait speaking of going out on your wife do, do we want to talk about scott peterson now did you watch that documentary oh no. my god let's talk uh, about it. we need to find someone we keep teasing it every week we keep teasing it we you need to find listening. someone who knows about it no. we just are also obsessed with true crime and we watched there's like a seven part series on any about the scott peterson oh, remember like yeah. about 10 yeah. or 20 years ago yeah, he, he yeah presumably killed his wife Lacey. But after watching this series, me and Aaron are convinced that potentially he's innocent. I'm 60 40. It's like, oh, I gotta watch this. Now. There's it's a very lot good. of juicy tidbits. All right. Anyway, let's do a couple more. Annie's not paying us, so watch <laughs> yeah. it or don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't care. Uh, okay. How about this one? I met a girl on Tinder and we agreed to meet up on a Wednesday. She was going to message me about where to meet up around four. I got ready, but she never sent the message. At 830, she finally got in touch saying that she had gone to a nearby city with friends to see someone else. Uh, I mean, that one wasn't as dramatic, but still pretty bad. Still kind of bad, especially why. I mean, I don't know. The social media thing, everybody, or I should say the online dating thing. I think it's so easy now. For people to ghost and be rude and um there's no manners behind it like yeah. i feel like and i have not ventured into this land of online dating just because i i don't even Never know at all no and there's a reason behind it i there's a reason behind it it's not that i don't want to but i i've just with work in the last couple of years i've been so crazy and i was set up with somebody so i was with him for mm-hmm. a good part of the year okay that i i didn't and then I was so brokenhearted that I just wanted to put myself into a closet. So I didn't go online. But um, I also feel like, God, I'm getting all these horrible men without online dating. I don't even know what I want to get without even seeing their face or meeting them. I'm, <laughs> I don't know. But don't you feel like I'm such an online dating like proponent? People can lie, obviously. But, right. people, but we I both like met our boyfriends on. We did. We okay, both met them on the apps. Best friend who got married from a girl on Tinder. They're married. They're perfect for each other. It's not. I just. 
I guess I have to take that leap, but I haven't yet. It's, it's, when it's, you're ready for it, though. Yeah, yeah. Of course, too much definitely. going on. It, it does turn into a second job. It's like homework. That's you my thing. To. It's yeah, like you have to stay on it. Yeah, and it becomes overwhelming to me. I'm, I definitely want to, but I feel like. I, I'm on part of me is kind of like I want to go to a matchmaker which I don't think you have the money for <gasps> before I met my boyfriend I had an appointment and like I just I had to cancel because of work and then I never rescheduled it but someone you had like did? recommended me to a matchmaking service yeah did I know about that I don't think we ever talked about it <gasps> oh, this was wow. like a couple years ago I mean it wasn't like right before it was like in the time I was dating between yeah the, yeah and then I, I was so interested by it but then you also think to me it just sounds like such a an interesting like yes. fun idea like mm-hmm. I'm very into it but at the same time you wonder how I just always wonder how many guys are seeking this out right how many guys are really saying you know what I should do like I should take the time to find a matchmaking service and go to the appointment and go you know like that just seems like something that yeah to make a blanket statement like I more, like girls would be more invested in so what I, guys am I meeting I have a matchmaker that I worked with in my show and she did a she's very sweet and she told me about her process mm-hmm. and I am I'm going to try it but what I is ha- her process so her process is she doesn't do like set you up right away she talks to these clarity sessions which could be a bunch of crap but like I need clarity to know my patterning I already know it mm-hmm. let's get past that right, right. But <laughs> I can tell it I can you're like we've all watched Oprah we know. we know our problems we know, like, right. come on. we get it I fall for the men that need to be fixed but yes she has this clarity session and then she she puts you into her um I guess you're the registry it's free to do it that part but if you actually and then she says okay I want to see if you're ready to get matched up and if I find the right person that I feel like you should meet then you should meet him and so it sounded like a organic process because she wants to see what your life is about and and your past relationships your current relationships if you're ready to be set up and I was like okay so she made a lot of sense and I'm curious to try it but the and I think that she said well why wouldn't you online date it's like saying you're going to look for a job and not go online. And I was like, okay, you have me there. That's true. That's yeah. good, it's true. That's I mean, point. Not, you know, but I'm a little nervous and such as this Tinder uh, thing. I was scrolling through my friends and I'm like, this is a lot to keep swiping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe it's, maybe it's more for me right now, the effort of doing that as opposed to, you know, texting my ex-boyfriends. Right. Yeah. I mean, well, right. Anything <laughs> does not text to the ex-boyfriends is time well spent. That sounds also kind of like, episode 50 we talked to a relationship coach Karen Eldad and she she's not a matchmaker but yeah. she uh, her program is sort of what you spoke to right. the beginning parts of the, the matchmaker yeah like just yeah. making sure kind of getting your head right her whole thing is like and you know whatever I'm grossly paraphrasing but like if you are in the right headspace it, it will happen and you know that's simplifying it a lot but you know I think there I think there's definitely something to it you know the idea of you do have to be in in a yeah. good headspace to like be open to the things that are right for you but you know do you ever feel like I always feel like when am I ever going to be in the right headspace because yeah. I, yeah. I also look at it that way too because I'm just like gosh I'm doing so much you know I have a daughter I have my job I have my family and I have to get in the right headspace to meet Mr. Right. Like it's sometimes it's frustrating to hear that too. Right. Uh, because just like, you know, men are always like, why do women want to change us? Well, why do we have to change just to find the right guy too? Mm. 
But I think it's about being open to it too. Cause I think like if you've had like a stressful few years with your job, I think there will be a time when that'll calm down mm-hmm. and stuff with your, I mean, I, I'm not a parent, so I don't know, but I feel like stuff with your daughter probably is like, sometimes she needs you more and sometimes everything's kind of on autopilot and then you can sort of like, there'll be an opening for that too. But it's yeah. like, I do believe that you could meet the right person at the wrong time. Yeah. And then it, that's tough. Should we, let's do one more ghosted from the BuzzFeed and then we'll get into your right. stuff, Michelle. Okay. Final one. This is also a restaurant oriented one. I was talking to this guy on Tinder and found out that he was at a bar super close to me. I suggested that we meet up and he showed up, but then he said he had to go to the bathroom. He never came back. I stayed at the bar with a friend and later noticed he was still at the bar. He just left me hanging to go bark up other trees. <laughs> That's why you don't meet people who have already been at the bar. Like, he was clearly so drunk. He was like, who am I? What's happening? Right. Yeah. yeah. It seems like he really wasn't genuine about meeting her. I feel like those kind of ghost stories are like, well, you know, they were kind of what did you expect? Right. Yeah. Like you should, it would be like, yeah, either you guys were going to make out at the bar or that was probably going to happen. Right. Right. Those were really the choices. I had actually a date this summer and the guy was really nice and I, I didn't get up and like disappear, but I had to get up twice and signal the waitress to come and bring us the check. She didn't get the hint <laughs> because it was becoming uncomfortable. Um, and I, he was nice, but he kept moving, you know, one of those um, hand, uh, I guess it's maybe it's not the right phrase, but he's a hand talker or, um, he, he, he goes in on the hand and talk- the leg very quickly. Oh. That's the hand, hand goes right the to the leg, leg and then it stays there God, to kind of no. test waters. No. And I wasn't feeling it. I've already told the story about how I was on a horrible date. And I told the bartender, like he went to the bathroom and I told the bartender, I was like, I don't want to make out with this guy. I think he wants to make out with me. I was drunk, oh, of course, because I was also 25. And when was I not drunk when I was 25? And I was <laughs> like, um, and then I went to the bathroom. And I came back and he was like, so me and the bartender had a talk. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it seems, seems legit. I was like, that's right, sister friend. I'm like, she was like, listen, don't make out with her. She doesn't want it. <laughs> or I don't know what she good. said, but it made that's me laugh. Amazing. Yeah, it was great. It's good. Like if you can get there first and sort of like have a pact with the bartender, yeah. like the waiter, yeah. you know, like that's, that's puts oh. you on a good level. I was or you can have a queue, like yeah. kind of a rescue queue. Don't they also have that at certain bars? and like popular do, date think. spots where there's a code word if you feel uncomfortable. Really? Yeah, they have that, that in the girls' room there. Like if you feel yeah. weird, like you order a specific drink or something and they're like, all right, and then we get this guy out of here. And they like help Wait, you. this is amazing. Yeah, I right? was a bartender up and until you know. like a year ago. <laughs> My favorite was when the women would come in too and they would always come early and they'd be like, whatever I order, just give me the non-alcoholic version. I'd be like, you and I are in on a secret. Oh, and I would love it. And then I would, yeah, I would just give them like tonics that look like G and T's and stuff. It was just fun. Oh, that is fun. Well, speaking of fun, Michelle. (laughs) Oh gosh, here we go. Speaking of segues. All right. So before we get into all of your ghosted fun dating things, tell us, we want the audience to be able to envision you in their mind's Mm -hmm. eye. So the best way to do that, of course, is tell them who would play you in the lifetime, like story of your life. Oh gosh. Um, It doesn't have to be specifically lifetime. We just like that as a genre. Yeah. I'm just so happy that this was the only segment I came up with when Chelsea like (laughs) pitched me the idea of doing this podcast. I was like, what I want is, (laughs) and then it's the one segment that is also 
future. <laughs> people, I feel like, people demand it. Yeah. I mean, by I the people, I mean you and me. Yeah. I mean, I want it still. I mean, I always like, I like Chloe Sevegni. I always like, <gasps> oh, yes, yes, a lot of people have said that. Um, for sure. But I also like established myself as this character uh, Uma Thurman played. Uma Thurman. I don't look like Uma Thurman, but the character in Hysterical Blindness, that's like me dating sometimes. I don't know if you ever saw that play. I've never even heard of Hysterical movie. Blindness. It's really good. Um, but Chloe Sevegni, I go with her. Yeah. yeah. That's, a, um, that's a great And one. you look like a girl I went to college with, but she's not famous, so that won't help anyone. <laughs> that helps you, though. That it helps make you look like Ashley McCafferty. Oh, nice. I live. <laughs> so, yeah, it would establish with her. I think right. the, the character from Hysterical Blindness, some of her the dating experience. If I'm Chloe Sevegni was playing the character from Hysterical Blindness. Yeah, I think there would be that a connection would be there. Okay, parts of me. Um, yeah. Okay, so set the scene for us. Okay. So give give people sort of your dating history. Mm. Okay. You're in an interesting dating scenario right now. Yeah. Okay. So I was married to the first my first boyfriend. Wait. Oh, so wow. tell us that story. When you go back. Okay. So I was 23. So I was pretty old when I had my first boyfriend. But I was dating other guys. Uh, but he was my first serious relationship. So that was my, that's also I was like, like 24, 25. Not, I guess yeah. it's not too. Long. I feel like it's like yeah. you go through. High school, not yeah. dating anyone because high school boys are the worst. Yeah, and so then college, you're just sort of like, you're like fucking around. You're like, I don't yeah, want to yep. date anybody. And then, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense that then 22, oh. 23. Right. But at the time I thought, oh, I'm so old. I've never been in a committed relationship. And I'm so mad. I kind of looked at it that way because I think I really? may you have settled. So I'm so young. Yeah. I know. Exactly. So super young. Yeah. And, um, but I met my ex-husband. We, um, we, yeah, we basically dated and we got engaged four years later. I was in grad okay, school. Okay, so that doesn't seem particularly fast. Yeah, was I mean, it right? Well, just I think, actually, I should say we got engaged two years, uh, after we started dating. Uh, and then four, so four, to, total of four years together by the time we got married. Got it. Um, that seems very responsible. It does. But you know what? I think ultimately he never was the right person for longevity. So sure. we didn't have, we had problems pretty, pretty uh, close after getting married. Um, do you think that, I mean, this might be really personal, mm-hmm. but do you think no. that he asked you as a band aid or something? Like no, you and guys I got brought, engaged. No, we actually, he told me six months into dating. I actually think you're the person I want to marry someday. And oh, I was wow. ecstatic. And I brought up the engage, getting engaged to when I was in grad school to him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I was thinking about it and whatever. And I look back and I'm thinking, you know, I did want to get married to him, but ultimately I know there's a lot of things I settled for just to be, it was a comfortable relationship. Sure. I was secure, but um, sexually, I know now that that's where the relationship was not, our chemistry wasn't there. Oh, interesting. I mean, and that's yeah. kind of everything. It's yeah. everything. But there was other stuff too, but the, yeah. that was a huge component. Yeah. So fast forward, I had I got pregnant and we were okay when I was pregnant, but major problems happened once I had my daughter. And, and so, on, you, so you were married and pregnant soon after? And the, uh, and the problems coming. Two years coming. after. We were, oh, we were okay. having problems with some, uh, for a while. We did the right thing by saying, oh, a child's going to fix the <laughs> oh, no. issues. Right. But um, What that's were okay. some of the issues if you want to do like broad strokes or something? It was, was just sex? It was everything, but the component was I didn't want to romantically be with this person anymore. And I was trying to st- figure out how to do this because I didn't want to leave my marriage. But what was it about the sex? Like you just like didn't want the same things or just at the clicking. same time? or it I didn't just... want to have sex with him. Oh, you well, just so sexually attracted to him anyway. But you were a friend. <laughs> but I feel like especially for women that's such a when you Huge. feel like the friendship and and Ugh. the comfort and the safety and the stability is there mm-hmm. that's I didn't huge. I, he was like the second person I ever slept with so yeah. it was like I was very inexperienced I didn't really realize what I wanted I started working with somebody that I became very attracted to mm-hmm. and I was like what's happening right. and I started wanting to have sex with this guy more than my ex-husband but I never acted on it 
because the mm-hmm. other guy was married and we right. worked together. It was weird, but but just feeling that feeling, feeling that was way a, was horrible when you're was married. You're like I don't want to do. I don't want to. You know. Yeah. So we tried for two years. I got pregnant in that time, and um, it, that wasn't all bad, but it was rough for me internally. I knew I did not want to be there. Yeah. So what was the first moment that you were like, "I need out. This is not yeah. for me." That you fully uh, admitted it to yourself. Oh, that I admitted it to myself. Ugh. Um, or maybe that you just knew. Yeah. Like, there, what was, was the a, first time that you were... It was a moment I was driving home from work, and I was hysterically crying, and I was like, what happened? I just got married. I'll never forget it. I was hysterically crying wow. Back, wow. out of work. And and then it was my... Then another moment, I can... If I rewind, it was my first wedding anniversary in the restaurant. We were eating, and I was tearing. I was crying, and the waiter's like, oh, she's crying. It's so romantic. And I was thinking to myself, that's not why I'm crying. But mm-hmm. I was trying Tears to cover joy. it with my in, internally and externally. I was trying to like cover it. But um, but your body was like rebelling. Oh, like we hard. don't want to be here. And then but leading up to being engaged and getting mm-hmm. married, was there ever a time where you're like, maybe I shouldn't do this? Or were you just sort of like gung ho? Like ne- I'm 25. Like, let's do this. I, yeah, I was all gung ho. Mm-hmm. We got engaged at 25. I got married at 27 because it was like a year and a half engagement. I was in grad school. Sorry. And um. He, I think it was the two days before my wedding. I felt nauseous the entire time. Mm, and yeah. it wasn't like cold feet. My physically felt like I was going to throw up all the time. And I didn't know what was wrong. And it finally went away. And then everyone's telling you it's just nerves. Yeah. It's just nerves. It's, and you're like. I never thought. I, I thought, what is this going on? Like, I, because I was like, this, I wasn't thinking it was about me marrying mm-hmm. him. Yeah. I thought it was just, why don't I not feel good? Yeah. And it went away at my reception when I started dancing. And um, I'm a big dancer. So I, <laughs> I love like, it. I support um, that. But I look back at it and I'm like, my my body was telling me because I'm that kind of like, I have that intuition kind yeah. of feeling when I get something's wrong, my stomach churns. So I knew then, um, but it was not until a while later that I was like, oh, I'm really unhappy. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had never thought it I wasn't happy, but I subconsciously, um, excuse me, subconsciously, I knew something wasn't right. So then how did you, as much as you're willing to divulge yeah. on this podcast, like, because I think whether even if you're just in a long-term relationship mm-hmm. i think i mean really just making have having that initial conversation and pulling the trigger can be just yeah horrific it took a long so time. what was sort of or maybe even what sort of your advice for anyone listening like how did you oh. build up the courage yeah. how, and did, how you did you do it i think it's interesting like, yeah oh gosh and then what would you have done if it was something the first uh yikes um I really, it's hard to say what I would have done differently because I think it obviously brought me to where I am today, mm-hmm. but obviously I don't think, I, I feel, and I have my daughter from it, so I don't know if I would right. have done anything differently, but I I guess the one thing I would have done differently is moved out faster and filed for divorce faster. Right. Okay. Um, it took me a long time to actually move out and file for divorce. So, uh, in long time, I mean like it just took like a year, and um, I think when you really start feeling like you don't have any like sexual romantic feelings you have to be open and honest i was open and honest about having feelings for another man Mm -hmm. with him Mm -hmm. we went to therapy and i i don't know how else i would have done it differently because i tried to remain honest the whole time and fight for it but eventually when i had my daughter a lot of things came to the head and it didn't it made it worse yeah i think i think i would have probably moved out faster but I moved out like she made, my daughter was 20 months old. So, uh, you know, as fast as I can, because I didn't feel like she lives here and knows who we are and how we interact with sure. each other. We get it worse. But the major thing is, I think, wait 
your 20s are for exploring. I feel like we don't do that. I think we're right. Maybe now people are doing it, but in my early 20s, I'm looking back and going, why did I think I needed to be in a relationship? I know I wanted to be in one, but there was so much stuff, I think. But it is, I mean, that's... And I went to had an interesting situation too because I went to this like very conservative college of which I was not. But a lot of people that I went to college with got married immediately. And I think though even outside of that, it is kind of the culture. It still in some ways is, you know, and depending on where you live, you're just sort of like, yeah. Well, there's a lot of like like, fear mongering for women too of like, if you don't get on the train, the train's going to leave and then you won't have children and then you'll be alone forever. Which is like, uh, not true and it's just sort of like you get to have your life the way that you want your life but I think Absolutely. that it's like um, you know not to knock anyone who whatever choices they make are the choices they make and I think that's fine everyone makes their choices for themselves but I'm like I do think that there is something to be said for women having children a little bit later yeah. where they've oh, yeah. been able to know themselves a little bit better sure. and then you're like if you're having a kid at 35 versus 25 it's like just a just where you are mentally at 25 versus where you are mentally at 35 it's just different and yeah. I think that that's not taking account there's something about about society wanting women to be like pregnant immediately oh, absolutely. so young I look back and I think there's so many and now this is maybe something that I don't want to say I regret because I have my daughter from it right. so I look at it that way but I think damn it, like I chose the wrong person to get married to. And now there's these guys that I would possibly have met that could have been the one that are now taken. Mm-hmm. And and people say, oh, you can't think like that. And I and I get it, but I, I go back to that a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest piece of advice is to take your time. And it's hard. Yeah. To, I think it's hard for any woman. Right. Personally, for me, it would be hard because I liked relationships. I like the attention. I like having that person with me. Right. But... I think that's a danger in the society too about thinking that I mean and Dan Savage says this a lot and I quote him all the time but Mm -hmm. I think the idea that the only good relationship is a one that ends when one of the people dies where it's like you can have a good 18 month relationship when you're in your 20s like there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with having a solid four year relationship five year relationship and then that's sort of when it ends like I'm a big proponent of like you're in a relationship with someone so that you both teach each other something but then once that's done whatever the teaching is like move on that's why I'm always like get divorced if you're not happy anymore because life's too short or you know really make sure that you know you're making the right decision when you get married or like this sunk time theory that I think a lot of people men and women get um uh, get really attached to is this idea of like, well, it's been seven years. And so now I need, we, I owe it to them to get married or I, or right. we need like to stay in. together. But it's like, listen, you could have run your course and the natural course, uh, yeah. like, you know, I hope to be with Pat forever and I want to get married to him and everything. But it's like, if, if I'm 50 and we're done, then we're, d- we're kind of done. Yeah. And that's absolutely. And it's still rooted in just this antiquated thing. Like it's mm-hmm. not practical anymore. The idea of, and I'm not, I'm fully on board with the idea of monogamy, right. but mm-hmm. I think I'm with you, Aaron, where it's like, are, it can yeah. be in different, yeah. I can, you're monogamous in different sections of your life, possibly right. to different people. Right. Like, I don't think well, you might meet the one person and you're good until you die, or you mm-hmm. might meet the one person that you have this great 10 year relationship and then another great 10 years of the next person. Mm-hmm. And it's not, we don't have to set it up in this all or nothing There's way one that we try to... Or the way that like this person obviously brought you your daughter. So right. he served a purpose in your life. a, a purpose. huge purpose in your life. And I know, and I know that in, in the storybook when I... Oh, so, okay, my old school Italian parents were the... 
they're the love of each other's life, 43 years together. So in my brain, I'm thinking that's what I want to find. But in the same breath, like I think the same way. And I don't think the majority of, I don't think society thinks that there are multiple love stories or multiple loves that are supposed to happen. I mean, maybe we're moving towards that, but I agree. I think that everyone's supposed to teach you something. Now, with that said, I was in a a seven month relationship after my, like a year after my ex-husband and I felt more hurt with that person. I felt more sad when we broke up than ever with my ex-husband. And that was seven months. Um, because of the connection and how I felt and and how and why it ends and why you know oh, what I mean yeah, like absolutely. that's you get my like a couple relationships ago that ended like so amicably because I think we both just mm-hmm. were oh we both felt like oh this had run its course this was great this that. has been great high five exactly and then it's <laughs> like but then other things can end in a way yeah um I think that I'm a very uh, relationship person, and when I fall, I fall hard and deep. So my concern is that if I ever have to break up with somebody again, like I don't want to go through that. So I now like I steer very far away from people because either if I'm gonna get in like get in with a guy, I have to be very careful. I don't sleep with them right away. I don't. I just take it. I take my time. And what I've been noticing has been that it's the amount of guys I'm attracted to are unavailable emotionally and they do this ghosting thing or they, they ignore for days or they disappear or then they show up and they disappear again. Right. But could that even be a self-preservation thing for you? Because you've talked about how you don't feel like you feel like you have a lot going on in your life, yeah. not romantically. So it could be that you're, there's a subconscious in you that is like, I'm going to go after these guys who aren't actually going to uh, be yeah. a relationship with me. Cause I don't actually, I'm not ready for a relationship. That's uh, something I think about because yeah. I know that, of course, I want one. But this summer when I started, actually, I went out on some dates this summer and I was ready to <clears throat> for a year. I wasn't, I was like, shut off. I don't want to be okay. with anybody. So you after, waited a year. Yeah. So after I had divorced my ex-husband, <clears throat> a year later, I was introduced, a year later, almost, uh, no, I guess like eight months later, I was introduced to this guy that I dated. He's a um, cop. He was friends of a friend and he was great. He was really enamored by me. And then two months into the relationship, he did a ghosting for a week. For and just a week? Well, while well, I drunk texted him. Well, is this so wait, what is this your ghosting yeah, is this, should we go This is one of the ghosting okay, stories. Let's wait. Go okay, let's just go into it. Let's this do it. This is one of them. <laughs> My cat Miranda Hobbs has, has woken up from her brief nap. She consents that, there's, her name. that there's drama ahead. Yeah, you're ready for it. So, okay. So... Yeah, he, I was, we were both very enamored by each other. And then on Val, so we, he went, he took me out for Valentine's Day. And that was my first Valentine's Day I'd celebrated in like years. Wow. Even when my ex-husband and I were together. You didn't um, really do. We didn't really celebrate. Yeah. And the two years prior to that, we were separated. It was a mess. Mm-hmm. So it was great. And then a week after Valentine's, we went out with his friends that set us up for his friend's birthday. We had a good time. And um, tell me, I'm sorry, tell me yeah. one more time. How long was this at this point? How long this had you been seeing each other? Two months. Okay. Two month mark. Okay. And that's significant. Yeah, so, right. Yeah. So we're, okay. And so the next night, I but there was something that was starting to bother me a little bit. That week, right after Valentine's Day, all of a sudden I didn't hear from him every day. So I was like, what, what happened? I thought, okay, that's weird. Right. Because he, te- he would text me every day. We'd talk throughout the day on and off. So there's a change in pattern. Change Changing in, pattern. Yeah. yeah. So then, um, after the, the dinner with the friends, I noticed, um, 
I just noticed we were up really late drinking and whatever. Okay, fine. And then the next day, he's like, I have to work, but my buddy's got to help me with my house, bring wood because he's remodeling his house. So I was like, okay. But he told me how to work. So I went to go see a show in my school district, and I saw on Facebook. Now, this is where the social media part where I hate social media. Facebook popped up, and my newsfeed popped up that he had checked into a restaurant in New York City. But, like, also what a dumbass. But and that's what I'm saying. Like if something was going on, like he doesn't he realize we're Facebook friends. Yeah. Right. So I texted him like, Hey, how are you feeling? He's like, Oh, much better. And so I asked, Are you working? And I didn't hear anything back. Because he knew. Yeah. I guess I he don't know. He just checked respond. in on Facebook like a fucking dummy. So I amateur just, hour. I proceeded to my, write a bunch of text messages. I called him a couple times, and I was I was personally a little tipsy because I went out with my friends. And I was hysterically crying. Oh, and no. I had, like, I have trust issues with with sleeping with somebody, too, sometimes. Yeah, I'm a very sexual sure. person, but I'm very emotional when I trust somebody. Yeah. And at this point, this is the first person after I've been for a while. He wasn't the first person ex? I slept with, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had, like, two other flings before him. And those were flings. This is somebody I was like, I'm not going to sleep with somebody until I feel like I'm dating them and they're right. in me. And also, me. and you're low numbers, too. Yeah, at this I'm, point. I'm I mean, like, like this, this is... point, he was, he's, well, he's, he's been the sixth. Yeah. That's it. Wait, yeah. was it six? Yeah, six. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that's significant no matter what. But yeah. I mean. The one, um, so, all right. So he, so I didn't hear from him for a week. And then after you texted, are you working? And, and I, I texted a couple times. Okay. But so after, did, after that set it off. Like did you did say the, like you checked on Facebook, you dumbass? No. <laughs> I oh. said, I don't feel good. Can you please Here's call what me? Happened. What's going on? If you have any respect for me, please text yeah. me back. I called him like six times, which was mm-hmm. bad, which I, mean, I shouldn't have done. Whatever. But You're my girlfriend. Right. So later on, he ended up later on apologizing and saying, yeah, I was just being a dick. So, and what ended up happening... Oh, I'm so is, sorry. No, after... Oh, God. Ooh, you like what's going on in there? <laughs> Miranda's... He's Miranda's ferociously at your boots. Well, I'm glad somebody likes my shirt. Okay. Because, <laughs> oh. um... So, what ended up happening was a week later, we talked, and he apologized. He came up to see me, and he's like, well, you spooked me out because I've had girlfriends in the past who... Didn't like it when I lied, and I'm yeah. like, chill out. Well, like, I let told me him, I'm like, we're having sex, and I don't trust you, and it makes me very nervous. And he's like, well, you're bugging out. I don't, mm. and so so nothing really turns a girl on more than being told how she feels about right. a situation. Yeah, like nothing is a bigger aphrodisiac. So I didn't get my period too, so I was a little nervous. <gasps> I know, oh, I know, I know. And we had been using condoms. I think we didn't use one for like Valentine's Day, and that was the first guy I had, I had slept with without a condom right. since my ex-husband. So right. I was like panicking. Um, yeah, so I'm like, oh my god, what the hell? So anyway, we met up, we cleared the air, and then. That was his first ghosting thing, which really hurt me badly. And he apologized, but then throughout the entire dating, he would go sometimes where we would text and ignore But wait, me. how did he try to blame it on other women? He Okay, so he, yeah, exactly. He said that in his past relationships, he has had women um, be crazy, and he didn't call me crazy. Ugh. He said women, I shouldn't say that because he didn't say crazy. He said he's had women who have spooked him, excuse me, I spooked him in reminding him of his past relationships where one girlfriend he had would stalk him would like now this is his version of the story I know right because af- I, after dating him I think that and I'll tell you further along what I ended up doing to him to show <laughs> my uh, j- joy great, in great his yeah. teas yeah there's some great teas great coming teas. so 
this is building up to my anger because I was mm. very sweet about it and very like apologetic, but I was like, I don't understand. That's really hurtful for right. you to do that. And he goes, well, you know, I've had girlfriends that have acted like, you know, just acted not normal. Okay. So whatever. Oh, check up I'm on sure me. you drove them to act not normal. That's exactly it. Drive to crazy town. But it's also true that it's like, well, that was not me. Well, That's a conversation I did. A, have. it was not me. Yeah. B, acting crazy because they're what just checking in on if what's happening is tr- like just making conversation and what you had said right but it's happening. like also just be like i'm going out to dinner in new york with my friends and you'd be like okay but the thing right. is he said he was working and so what he, he lied he obviously lied. and that's what's like if, yeah but if he would have just told the truth i'm sure it would have well, been here's like, okay, where cool. i did a, a boo-boo oh, no. i never <laughs> i i never asked him why so but months later i did and i said why did you say you were working? But he's like, yeah, that was, I was out for my fr- my buddy Kevin's birthday. I said, but you told me you were working. He's like, I don't remember that. Why would I tell you I'm working? Like, this, I don't know why you lied the, to my the, face, but you the, did. At the time, you'd say maybe he's with another woman. There's further things that came along okay. with this guy that I found out were, were deeper rooted. So a little bit of wet brain going on, <laughs> which was deep with the alcohol. So Ugh. But that was the first because then eventually throughout us dating, although there was a good connection, there was times where he would just disappear, like not for days, but I would write to him like, oh, are we still hanging out? Such and such. And he would not respond. Right. And then there were so many cancellation stories um, that it was it was just hurtful. Right. So he canceled on me for his dog who died, which is, uh, you know, understandable. Yeah. But prior to that, it was the mom who had to drive to Philly. Oh, suddenly? oh, this was him. This was the Sloan Kettering. No, that's another guy. Oh, oh God. How depressing. Uh, but that oh, was God. guy after my, <laughs> this was the guy after the cop. Mm-hmm. So, and he was another cop too, but. Uh, um, don't date cops. I know. No, I mean, they serve and protect and whatever. It's great. And the thing is like, <laughs> yeah, they serve and protect uh, something. I don't know what that yeah, is. But, someone, not the people um, dating. When he would hurt my feelings, I would try to be the nice, sweet girl because I didn't want to f- have him run away from me again like he did the first time when I got upset. So the entire six and a half, seven months that we continued dating, I kept quiet and just kind of let it go. But it was anger building up. Cause right. So he, first it was his mom. He had to drive to Philly. Then it was his dog died. So he had to take another week off. Then his niece. There was another time where his niece tried to commit suicide and we oh, had wow. a date plan. Yeah, this is like heavy shit. We had a date plan. He's like, I got to go to this hospital place. That's the other thing. Here are red flags. I know. A, a red flag is also that like if somebody is the eye of that much calamity you're like that's <laughs> like, not normal even if it's true no, but right. the thing is it's not what? it's not he is a, right it's not normal and i would say that to him i'm like you have a lot of baggage and i'm like pushing it to the side mm-hmm. open arm loving you and you're just like running from like we'd have great moments together like i met a couple of his friends and they were like oh she's great and he would be like yeah whatever yeah it would like he wouldn't like he would be great all about me and then like i wouldn't hear from him for a couple of days and like huh but so, another red flag is that you aren't able to be your authentic self no because right. if your authentic self is a little crazy you should be able to be a little crazy and right. then he can be like don't be so crazy like mm-hmm. i said give me the him. benefit of the doubt but at any time that you find yourself acting a role for somebody uh-huh. right that's when you need to no, that's no, no. when you need to get out because well, yeah so you still though and this was how long in the because you ultimately right, dated so him, you said what for like seven or eight months the total was about something. six it was about six and a half seven months and was in your gut during this time when these weird like oh this person's you know mm-hmm. dog commits suicide or whatever <laughs> or are you like it's hey, a rifle too he had to pick up a rifle one time i mean of course right it only yes. makes sense but you I did that are, on the way were here. you in your gut 
gut, like, well, this is weird, or were you more rational? Like, was it more hindsight that you're like, was, this is I was weird? always anxious around the situation, right, right. always. But you were, but it was just like you were attracted to him. We had, that, I think, yeah. yeah, I think what would happen is when we were together, it was great, mm-hmm. and yeah. there was never issues with that. But um, his for the friends that set us up were all about him and what a great guy he was. And they so kept you had saying, mutual friends, and that that's tricky too. Well co-worker okay and and we became friends and what ended up happening was we broke up because he did something fucked up um he was late uh, he i used to be late a lot or cancel last minute and uh, one night he made me push back the time after i put my daughter to bed early and i was like i'm coming down now mm-hmm. and i would go to see him i was going to see him that night too and i get to his house he's not there i call his phone he doesn't pick up oh no i'm like i'm gonna vomit like is he standing me up i called again he doesn't pick up I'm like crying on his porch. His dog is barking. The TV's on. So he's somewhere close. Oh, he had told me on the phone prior that he was drinking beers with a friend and it was hard to leave. Oh. So, and I call a third time. He doesn't pick up. Finally, the is it the third or the fourth time that he did pick up? I'm like, where are you? I'm sitting on your porch. Your dog is barking. He's like, I'm five minutes away. Like, like nothing had happened. Right. Like Wilson's you're the house, I'm like mad. Ugh. We get into it and I, I, I basically let out my anger a little bit. And he he's like, well, I agree with you. That's why I don't think we should see each other anymore. Oh, mm. OK. So I said, OK, you know what? Is there somebody else? Just tell me. Like, this doesn't make any sense. He's like, no, there's nobody else. I just don't want to hurt you anymore. So we go into like a two hour. I'm hysterically crying, shedding emotion. He's just blankly staring at me. Right. And so, I mean, long story short, like we break up. Um. I find out some stuff about him through his friend. That's just, you know, I know he's gone through a lot in life, but so have we all. So you either, and I think he, in his own way, was like, I can't keep making this girl feel bad. I'm just going to break it off like I do with everything else and run from it. Right. So we get back. We start talking again. I think in a couple months later, I was doing a comedy show at Caroline's and I do him in the act. Mm-hmm. And he was la- he's like, oh, that was really funny. So we ended up getting we ended up going for a bike ride together. And we started talking again as friends. I didn't want to sleep together. I was like, you have to be with me. Right. We can't have a relationship. Okay, fine. So a month goes by. We we're going to get together again. It was all sexual. And I was like, oh, I'm going to really get him here. And we're telling him I have sex with him and really convince him that he's in love with me. And that was not <laughs> a brilliant plan we've all had. Oh, my gosh, of and course. it has never worked out once in the history of the world. <laughs> you know? And so he starts, he goes through like a week where he's ignoring me. And he, we were supposed to hang out. He cancels, supposed to hang out, cancels. He doing, starts doing the canceling thing. And there was so much be- like uh, pent up anger towards him with his his uh canceling the ignoring right. yeah. making me right. feel bad so i but keeping you on edge always it is like a on little bit edge. of an act like he does know the right thing to do where you're like you're getting just like enough this. sexually uh-huh. but then also he can also treat you like dirt but i think the true thing is also what my angelo always says when people tell you who they are believe them right. when he says i don't want to hurt you anymore he's telling you the truth right. i agree with that but of course, I'm stubborn, and I, I no, feel like... No, I would have never paid attention to that either. Like, right? listen, I am great at quoting things. I'm not good at following things. But it's like, I felt a connection between the two of us, and I felt like you're being... And I knew the issues behind it, and I just wanted to, like, forcibly fix and help him, but that doesn't work. So what happened Also, was you I, already have a kid. And I have... Exactly. I don't need to fix him or yeah. help him as a child. So I wrote a letter, and I wanted to just give it to him or leave it on... Oh, I had texted him, like, you have since you have... Oh, he said he was sick. So I was actually concerned, and I was concerned that he was drinking 
thinking, which was the truth. But I was I was actually concerned. I was also angry. So I was like, I'm leaving the letter at your house. If you're not there, I'll leave it on the porch. Or I said I was coming to pick up my sunglasses because mm-hmm. I left my sunglasses at his house. Please leave it on the porch if you're not going to be home. So he texted me the next day. and was like, oh, I don't know where they are. So you have to come back another day. I was like, well, I'm 10 minutes away. Right. So start so looking. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I knew it was an excuse because something he was hiding something. So I come to the house. He opens the door. He reeks of liquor. Mm. Like, wait, like he doesn't show wasted, but he smells wasted, you know? So I'm like, I t- I'm talking to him. I said, why don't you pick up your phone? Why don't you text me back? You know, I was concerned about you. He's like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't need to talk to you. And oh, so God. I got, I said, well, here's this letter. Please take it and read it, even though you're illiterate. Because I think insulting him now at this point, it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, he's and just, drunks take so well to insults and nuance. Oh, yeah. He's a big uh, Puerto Rican cop who yeah. was in the military and he's from the street. Like He's not, he's a very strong willed and not going to yeah. take anything. Right. He won't take the letter. So I try to put it in his door and he's pu- pushing the door back. So I turn around, and I crack him across the face. Oof. Oh, my God. Which was, Shut I never up. hit anybody in my life I was in at one point I was like I'm gonna fucking kick this guy's ass just for being so mean to me it's yeah. so wrong but my temper my Italian temper was just like this fucking asshole am yeah. I allowed to swear I'm sorry so I we smack him across the face and he like hard and he is looks in shock and he's like don't you have put your hands on me again and I smack him again Ooh. and Michelle. I it's it was horrible I was devastated after I thought I was never to talk to him again it was like inside I was so sad because I actually loved him and I wanted to help him and be there for him even if it's a friend because I could tell at that point there was really a bad place he was in right so Cut to now where we have cleared the air and we're okay. It's, oh wow yeah so I'm very happy yeah we're definitely in touch oh, and, and he was has he so did he get sober? I mean, I don't think, <laughs> I think him and I are on different levels of understanding what he thinks is normal and I think is normal. Okay. As far sure. as that goes. And so, sure. and he's been through a lot of trauma in life. After I dated him though, there was a guy. So back to the, the ghosting, there was another guy that I was into that I met through a mutual friend. Oh, oh no. Didn't Randa knock your phone over? That's okay. As long as this is not broken. And then speaking of my phone, I met him because he's called the phone guy. Okay. And he fixed his phone. He's uh-huh. also a cop, um, but he's not the same. Co- he's a sheriff's county investigator. He's kind of not as cop like the other guy was, which is in Jersey. I guess they have these investigators. If you know somebody, you get placed in these positions. Anyway, he and he went to high school with a close friend of mine. He fixed my phone screen that was cracked and we started talking again. He had just gotten out of a relationship. He was engaged and we were going to go for drinks. But from for it took so long for us to actually get to the drinks. Mm-hmm. His mom with the Sloan Kettering. He's got to work. Same stuff with the ex. Right. So finally, when we went to the shooting range, it was amazing. But we he would message me and say, oh, when am I going to see you again? And when someone says that to me, I get super excited, especially if I like them, because like, oh, they really want to see me again. Sure, of course. Because those are the exact words that he used. Right. So I took them as the truth as of the, the truth yeah. of what he meant them by. Yeah. But he, it, it took him so long, it, he would never follow through on plans. Ugh. And then I would like literally go off on him I, and I would cross him out and he didn't like that. So he would ignore me for a week or two and we'd start talking again. And, and this cycle continued. And the, ne- the next time we saw each other, um, it was always, it, he would always tell me we're going to hang out this weekend and disappear, either literally Ugh. disappear. Mm-hmm. I would text him and, and nothing would happen. Or he would make up an excuse, work, family, something. 
this one time in particular, we had set plans up. He was taking me out. He told me he was on his way to pick me up. I get home. I shower. He said, okay, I'm going to come and pick you up now. I'm ready. He had told me he just went to a wedding the night before and he was tired. I'm waiting. Nothing happens. I text him. Hey, are you almost here? And it goes to, I don't know if you have an iPhone, but there's a blue bubble for an iMessage, which he has. Then there's a green bubble. If your phone is turned off or you're like in some weird sort of zone where it gets sent as a text message. It went to a green bubble. I called him just to see like, hey, because it was like an hour now. And it goes right to voicemail. The phone is turned off. I'm like, I just got dressed. I got blowed on my hair. My daughter's with her father. Mm-hmm. I look like an idiot. I called him one more time. I was like, I'm not going to keep texting him. I texted him like twice, I think. And I called him twice. Voicemail, no message went through. I had such, like, I was so sad. And I was anxiety. Because first of all, I hadn't slept with this person. But, like, I got excited. It was the first person I liked since this last guy. Right. Yeah. What what a, a joke. Why would you stand me up? He's never been stood up. He literally says he's on his way like literally on my way to pick you up unless you got hit by a car honestly i thought something happened so i texted his friend this my close friend i said he was on his way to pick me up and all of a sudden his phone's off did something happen and he goes i don't think so he maybe he fell asleep I said, fell asleep. He goes, yeah, that's happened to him before. But huh. first of all, well, I like he's driving somewhere and he falls asleep. No, and like in his house, he just falls asleep. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, that's oh, that's really responsible. Well, that's great. So um, the whole entire night goes by, nothing from him. The next oh, morning okay. goes by, and I text him. I'm actually just really concerned. Can you text me back? Because um, that's what our mutual friend said to do. He's like, I think something may have happened. Mm-hmm. Now, here gets some nitty-gritty, dirty oh my stuff. God. My guy oh, friend, yeah. who, who's my close guy friend, and his friend, okay? Mm-hmm. I got in the car with him that night to go for food. He goes, did this kid ever get back to you? And I said, no. He takes out his phone. I can plainly see it, right? It says the guy's name. He messages him. I said, are you texting him? He's like, no. And I think to myself, is Mike think I'm stupid? I see him texting this guy. Right, right. So, okay, at dinner, he starts to say, I really think this guy is not that mean to stand you up. So I think something happened. Maybe his dog died. Yeah, maybe another dog story. And I go, okay. These dogs oh, in New Jersey, we need to take better I mean, care of them. I know. They're dropping left and right. I mean, seriously. <laughs> so then I go, okay. So the next morning, I do what he says. I text him, are you okay? Please just let me know. I hear nothing. That afternoon, I'm in Central Park for a, a lunch with my friends. Still, I see, oh, this is the best part. The guy who ghosts you, he has the read receipts button oh. on his phone. So I could see oh when he's read the fucking God. message. How stupid is that? So so you he had read these messages and was ignoring Now them? I see that it's read. Oh, motherfucker. Also, your dog dies. You can still text. Well, I texted from the fucking Kesha concert. That's what his you can text really anywhere, anytime. That's what his my then friend you just had said. Text and be like, my dog just died. I'm real emotional right now, and I I'm a dog lover. I'd well, be like, yes, this is the worst time. Right, but his dog didn't die. My friend had said maybe his dog had died. So okay. there was something with the dog. All right, so I now I'm getting heated because the read receipts button is on. I'm like, what the frig? Come on. So finally, I think I texted him one more time. I, and I wrote, I can see that you've read this message. What right. is going Asshole. on? Yeah. You know, and he finally writes back a long message. Ugh. And it says the following. You are, And I, I wish I saved it. Um, he writes it in we- in this weird grammar, too. Like, he's Lebanese and Italian. And he talks like he's from the neighbor. Like, he talks in plural nouns. And, like, he says, you have nothing to do but... Um, you should be mad at me because my dog, she was coughing. 
What? Wait, the dog's not dead, first of all. But what? it was the dog. So I knew my the friend dog. was in cahoots. And I yeah. was like, what is going on? The dog is coughing also. The dog, like, dogs cough constantly. The I dog wouldn't was even throwing think of anything up. about it. And I didn't realize that that interrupted phone service. Yeah. Dog was but, coughing so badly. He was so afraid. He shut down emotionally, turned his phone off, and took the dog to the hospital on his way to get me. On so. his way to, so he's still pretending like he was going to pretending pick like he was actually going to come get me. I actually do think he fell asleep. I think that everything's a lie. But he said the dog had kettle cough, so I was like, "How stupid do you think I am?" And all he kept saying on the phone was, "Hun, I understand, hun, I understand oh, completely." I and her. I was like, "I just don't think you do, though, because you actually think what you did was right." And he goes, yeah. "I didn't say that." I said, "But your actions will speak louder than your words." So. Again, he didn't, I didn't hear from him for a week. A week later, he's like, we're texting. It, it, it just made no sense. I can't, I couldn't believe I got stood up for a dog again. And that the guy <laughs> didn't actually think what he did was wrong. Well, of course. No, they never do. No. Because they're just trying to like fulfill their own agenda and they don't really give a shit. Like, I mean, they'll just say anything. So this guy continued. We, we, unstupidly for myself, I kept getting drawn to this Pull, push and pull game but I did connect with him a little bit so and I honestly think I was relating him to my ex-boyfriend right because I was missing that mm -hmm. which was stupid so as this continued in the summer we hung out one weekend a lot and I he brought me to his friends we had food it was it was fun and then I told my friend the mutual friend and he's like oh oh well we'll see if that happens one more than one weekend in a row and I was like, okay. Wait and see. But the ghosting continued. So he'd say, oh, we're going to hang out this weekend. Boom. Cancel or ignore me. And I would text him like, hey, are we still on? So the last time this happened, he said, it was the first week of school. So a couple, so like about a month ago. Um, and he said, oh, hon, or I haven't heard from you. Are we still meeting on Saturday? I said, yeah, I'm really excited. It's just been a busy first week of school. Saturday rolls around and I text him, hey, how are you? Are we still meeting? nothing i haven't heard from him since it's so disgusting and aggravating it's like why would you it's not even somebody you're sleeping with you could just say hey listen i'm busy i can't mm -hmm. right what is the point of completely ignoring somebody well that's what we always say it's like what is the point i feel like guys we talk about this a lot guys for whatever reason think that being shitty and stringing girls along keeps the door open mm -hmm. for when they then whatever they're doing like whether he's juggling other girls whether he is just like then also falling asleep and getting drunk or hanging out with his dog or whatever like <laughs> he thinks that stringing you along in this way will keep the door open for him for future sex rather than what the actual answer is which is if he would be direct and be like hey I'm actually kind of in a complicated situation with someone else right now. Can right. we connect? Or like, can I just listen? Like, I'm just kind of dating around right now. Like, I don't want to give you the impression that I'm going to be like this long-term guy for you. But can we fucking like hang out and have a good time sometimes? Great. I'll call you when I'm available. Like, if guys yeah. would be direct, that would open the door for sex. But they think the opposite. And, he, and that's why everyone is insane. He said to me a couple of times when we would start talking again, he's like, you just, you're just too much. You want too much attention and too much texting. Oh, I'm no. sorry that I just wanted to be treated like a human. Right. I know. I'm so sorry. But then also I'm sorry to do, bother like, you. Even if like, obviously I don't know you that well, but like, say you are somebody who needs more attention. I do. Absolutely. But then you need the, but then you need to be with someone who's able to give you that attention. Yeah. He and does, that's, and the that's the thing. thing. And I, I honestly, this summer when we, the, the last weekend we hung out 
and we were making out and I was like, I can't have sex with you Mm -hmm. because you, I want a relationship and you can't give me, you're not giving me the attention I need and you haven't. He's like, I do want a relationship, but I need someone that understands my schedule. And this guy with his schedule would piss me off so much because I don't care how many businesses you have. I don't care how much work you do. There is no excuse for you not to respond to somebody. It's beyond disrespectful. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't do that to his boys, you know, or his mommy. And I, I'm a mommy. I wouldn't want, you know, so I, I get that. But with the guys with certain things like that, that's just, it's just messed up the way they treat, especially with you pretend he would say, oh, you're a great woman. You're an amazing woman. You deserve it. I just, I just don't think like when someone says that you're not being sincere because you've treated me disrespectfully. And I would call him out there. I would say, you know, you don't treat people with respect. He's like, I'm a great guy. Everybody who knows me knows that. All right. I was like, yeah, you keep you're telling a narcissist. Me, keep telling yeah. me what a great guy you are instead yeah. of showing me. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like I've been with two narcissists now, maybe three. I feel like my ex-husband was a narcissist too. And he wasn't the typical narcissist, but mm-hmm. sometimes I've, they're incognito. They're and very much different times. There's different like, kinds of there's like, um, right. There's the God. Now I forget the different one is like the self, the quiet and the, like the yeah. shy one. Right. And, and then they, the others mm-hmm. are the overbearing. I don't know. We're I've butchering it, but there's like lots yeah, of Yeah. There are yeah. other dark types. Subgenres so horrid no but if you're telling someone like this is how you are based on the way you've treated me and he tells you that's not true you gotta fucking kick him to the curb anytime that anyone tries to tell you what your reality is mm-hmm. is that's a red flag yeah Where it's well, like i, mean, I am based on the evidence that i you have shown me you are not a good guy because you don't treat me with the basic respect that you would treat a stranger right, right exactly and you I, can't yeah i don't i have such a fear of getting ignored or ghosted just based on some of the experiences in the last couple mm-hmm. of years. I don't want to put myself out there. So I noticed when I started talking to this guy, I was so nervous he was going to cancel. From the beginning, I was nervous. I already started thinking, is he going to cancel? Is he going to cancel? Am I not going to hear from him? It was start. I set that tone because mm-hmm. I was so nervous from my ex. Yeah. Right. But and it happened. Right. I don't know. So I. But then you just need to wait for the guy that is both. Right. And the guy that will be like, I won't cancel on you. I mean, asking to not be canceled on for bullshit reasons is not even that like big of an ask. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think you just need to wait for that person to come. Which is hard and frustrating. I mean, I personally should stop talking to the guy right from the beginning. That's my own. That's on me. But I get like frustrated with the fact that guys get away with it because it's horrible horrific it's like bullying in middle school yeah it, honestly, it is well, it's it like really gaslighting is. yeah that's what it ends up being yeah yeah absolutely and it is and i mean i think one of the reasons we kind of were inspired to start this podcast it's like it is incredible the amount of just like shitty fucking mm-hmm. idiots that exist in this world of both guys and girls and people that are just so irresponsible with other people's emotions and of course you can make it's like we're only responsible for ourselves you're right. not at a certain point you know responsible for how someone else all you can do is do your best mm-hmm. to like take care and treat others as you'd want to be treated and you're not ultimately responsible if other people take it away you didn't have whatever but like what there is a level of just basic human manners yes that i think empathy it is incredible how many people exist once you start dating you know that do not 
have that. No, the empathy thing goes a long way. I mean, I've taught preschool up until high school, or I've taught college too. The empathy that people have towards one another, it shrinks. And I think sometimes it's because they're not taught about empathy and feeling, making people feel good mm-hmm. inside, right. boys, girls. Um, it, you know, either way, you know, whatever the relationship is. And I try to be empathetic with everybody. I kept making excuses about the the cop who was in the military, you know, how, you know, he had lost his, he lost his sister to AIDS. He, like, he had some deep stuff. He had his father never claimed him. He had um, multiple, I'm sure, multiple horrible things in the army. He was in overseas in Kuwait. Like, stuff happened that was deep. So I would make the excuse of, well, he's had a lot of trauma in his life. So that's why I have to just kind of take a breath, not get mad at him. And I would have the empathy. But then I'm like, would he ever even empathize about my situation? Never. No. Because he can't even, he can't, I mean, and then that goes back to do they like care about themselves in general. But I think when you're ghosting somebody, that's a manner Mm -hmm. and an etiquette. And like, just like holding the door for someone. Or if an elderly person is crossing the street and they fall, would you like let leave them on the street? Yeah, maybe it's not that deep, but like you can at least say something like be polite. Right. You don't have to be rude and disrespectful. Right. But that's, I think ultimately people who do that are like the chronic ghosters. And like you're Mm -hmm. saying, just don't. They are like on some level, like some level of like narcissism or just selfishness or just lack of so cowardice and lack of self-respect. And like, you know, they don't it's either that they don't love themselves or they love themselves too much. Mm -hmm. But I think a trap that like women in particular fall into is this idea that if you come across someone who's broken, that it's your job to fix them where it's like, it's a I don't doubt. Yeah. I don't doubt that this man clearly had a very rough go of it and. And, and, you know, he has my sympathy in that direction, but it's also like, it's his responsibility to get himself to the stage right. where he can oh, yeah. know himself and he can be like, listen, this is why I'm doing this. Or I, tonight I'm having a bad, like I had a bad day today and I want to stay in. But I think Never women sometimes are like, because I've met this person and shared any sort of moments with him, like now he's my responsibility, right. which isn't true. It's like, he's not your son or your brother or your right. father. Mm-hmm. So you and he's not like the father of your children that you're like, you need to create a relationship with that person no matter what you can let those people go. And it doesn't make you a cruel person. Like right, it's right. not, you're not under any obligation to save anyone. No, but we internalize that. And like, especially if we're, you know, like people if we're and, being mm-hmm. people pleasers also too. And you feel like mm-hmm. you want to exactly like you said, or like take some like responsibility or if not like you're a bad person, but then yeah. Also, if they're not taking any responsibility and wanting to recognize or change these things, it doesn't matter if you're there or not. That, I mean, it doesn't fucking mm-hmm. matter at all. Yeah. And you can also recognize like, Oh, I'm recognized why this person is acting this way but you don't have to participate just because mm-hmm. you can identify that's true the reasons doesn't right. mean you have to participate but you can you be like i recognize and i have some empathy and sympathy for you but yet it's not at my like i'm not then gonna drag myself down mm-hmm. i don't like just because i see and can identify like oh this is why yeah. you're acting this way, but I don't need to be part of it. Yeah. And I think that when I have a sexual relationship with somebody that it gets blurred. Right. And I was so enamored by how he was enamored by me and how mm-hmm. we had this chemistry. So then everything went out the window, the red flags, everything. Absolutely. I mean, there were so many things I couldn't say, and I'm done with you. you how could you ignore me for a week? Mm-hmm. 
how could you ignore someone that you care about for a week? That's horribly mean and dis- disrespectful. That was a, the biggest sign where I felt like I should have said, I, you're going to have to really earn your trust back into my. Well, life. it's like anytime you think like, would I do this to a casual acquaintance? Like if a casual acquaintance texted me to hang out and I just didn't respond for, I would never just not respond for two weeks because that's right. rude. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you need to like, I, I think that sometimes like, I don't obviously know this is, is you but i think sometimes people are trying to be like easy breezy like oh it's like whatever i'm just like really oh, i don't want to make a big deal of it i don't want to panic attack for a whole like, week would no, you treat a never. casual acquaintance this way no then i shouldn't be treated this way because we are more than casual acquaintance because like once you do have sex with somebody or once you're in a romantic relationship with somebody like there's a different level and it's oh, like yeah. if you don't want to be in a relationship with that person that's fine mm-hmm. but you there's still a level of respect that needs to exist with anybody that right. you come in contact with and how treat how people treat in the beginning is how is they're how gonna they're going to treat, gonna you treat you. right absolutely it's not gonna get better right exactly no. well <laughs> well on that you note guys <laughs> michelle thank you so much thank you so much for, for having for me sharing Yay. all this like we really covered a lot of ground yeah we went deep i, I like these are my favorite kind of episodes i'm Absolutely. really happy about it yeah oh i love thank, thank you so much for, for having me yeah being so honest and so willing to share um so tell people where they can learn more about you you have a show you have several just mm-hmm. tell us everything okay so i do so i do stand up i'm an actor i'm a teacher i'm mm-hmm. doing a show called divorce diaries in new york on saturday october 21st at tada theater on uh west 28th street it's 15 west 28th street and you can get tickets at emerging artists theatercompany.com if you go to that website you can find the link to the new work series or you can check out Divorce Diaries on Facebook. You just plug in Divorce Diaries. Perfect. Michelle, Trina, you can do that whole thing. I love it. Definitely. And this is perfect because this will come out that Thursday before oh, that's awesome. the, the mm-hmm. show. So that's great. Um, well, you're the best. Thank Safe you. Safe travels guys are the home Thank yeah. you. to New Jersey. If you want to take a cat with you, I <laughs> My daughter spares. will love the cat. <laughs> All right. And come to our live show. Yes. Come to Michelle's Ooh. show, but then also come to our live show Friday, October 27th at the Pit mm-hmm. Underground at 9 p.m. We're going to have Greg Stone. We're going to have um, oh, Teresa uh, Gatano. And yeah, come in costume or don't. Mm-hmm. Live your life. That's the yeah. day after my birthday. I think I'm oh coming. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Libra. Wait, I'm a Scorpio. Oh, my that's God. That's right. Because you're, yeah, right you're a cusper. cusper. Right you're a cusper. Just like oh my God. I know. That's mm-hmm. the emotional stuff. Well, I'm not going to come. Happy birthday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> happy belated birthday Oh, my God. You. Thank you so much. Everybody, happy birthday to everyone listening. <laughs> yes. You all had a birthday, and that's what's important. <laughs> and that's what's really important here, and that's what we learned. And we will see you guys next week. Yes. Boo. Boo. Yay. <laughs>